1: This is the High Stakes Lowdown, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Players' Championship. I'm Eric Balkman from the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour and the FFPC. You can follow me on Twitter at Eric Balkman and the FFPC on Twitter at FFPC. This week I'm talking with Dominic Rohde, a 12-time winner in the main event, Football Guys Players' Championship, and FFPC Leagues. In this episode, we discuss the early draft value of the Bills' skill position players, why he's down on J.K. Dobbins in 2022, and some of his favorite targets and fades in the 2022 FFPC Never Too Early Best Ball Tournament going on now. Before we get into the show, I want to remind everyone that you can get a listeners-only 10% discount to roto by using the code RVRADIO2022. That's R V R A D I O two zero two two. Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of the Rotoviz content and tools, and it supports the podcast channel. Now, without further ado, here is twelve-time main event football guys players championship and FFPC league winner Dominic Brody. Kicking off best ball season here on the high stakes lowdown uh, with the uh, never too early best ball tournament underway with the FFPC and who better to have on board with a guy who has won a dozen <laughs> high stakes leagues over the years. The FFPC main event, FFPC leagues, and of course the Football Guys Players Championship. The one, the only, the incomparable Dominic Rodi. Dom, thanks uh, so much for hopping aboard today. I really appreciate hey. it. Hey,
2: thanks, Eric. Appreciate it. Happy to be on again, talking with you uh, in you know early February here on uh, on what these boards look like and (laughs) the crazy (laughs) year that we had last year.
1: (laughs) What I forget? Do you play any Dynasty with FFPC or no?
2: I do. Yeah. So I probably in I probably high point was in a dozen leagues. I've trimmed down over the years as um, I've had more uh, success in the high stake. the high stake like championship leagues, obviously, in the main events. But uh but Dynasty, I've always make the playoffs and then obviously come up short due to you know how random the playoffs can get. But won some leagues this year. It was finally good to get some titles under the belt. But it's uh yeah, it, it, it dynasty is always good. It's just that's that's 24-7 as always. <laughs>
1: Have you already started looking at rookies and everything this this coming year? Yeah,
2: you know what? After this year uh, with COVID, as you can imagine, I'm sure most players can relate to this. It was like one of the more like grueling work years when it comes to the fantasy research Mm -hmm. and actually like day-to-day updates and stuff like that. So I actually took, after the season ended early January, um, I did a couple of playoff challenges with some buddies, but for the most part I've taken like a break on research and I just started ramping up last week again. Um, so the rookies I haven't gotten to yet. I've just been kind of looking at where ADP is and
0: um, yeah, looking sure. at coaching
2: changes like everyone else. But um, the rookies, I, it's a, it's a hodgepodge class. There's some definite guys I got my eye on, but I got to dive into their player profiles and go a little more deeper. But um, I see where some of their ADP is and it's, you know, always good to see early, but um, I got some opinions on rookies when it
1: comes to like we yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I I would imagine so. I would imagine so. So, before we get started with 2022, looking back at 2021, you kind of alluded to this already. Was this the toughest year for fantasy football be it drafting, placing bids, getting your lineup set on on Thursday and and Saturday sometimes and Sunday? Like, w- was this the toughest year and and I guess the second part of that question is Was there something maybe you did differently this year because of COVID and because of everything going on that actually worked out nicely for you that you're going to carry over to future years?
2: Yeah, I can for sure say it's the toughest year. It was my it was my first uh, like I I, I almost broke even, but I had a small loss this year, um, which, you know, the previous three years prior was always growing in profit each year um so it was the toughest right I, I think just the constant COVID updates and changes and then waivers and you know some of the leagues blowing through fab earlier than I should have you know Eliza Mitchell which I'm sure most people you know that were believers in that jumped on which was great but you know again how many games did we really get out of them um you right. know for that fab money um so this so that was tough having said that you know out of I you know I think 80% of my leagues I made the playoffs, right? It's just, you know, past the playoffs um, in the midst of it, it was just bombarded, you know, with injuries, COVID, and it just kind of decimated, you know, I I lost steam at that point. So, um, you know, take what I could take away from it, you know, I know now depth charts, they're always important, right? Kind of knowing who's back behind the players and, 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 you know, who's ready to kind of next man up. Um, but it was even more imperative this year and I think what anyone can take with it is like we need to know you need to know like on Monday kind of are they signing someone off practice squads? are they you know, you know what is the um, you know usage rate on some of these backups when the other guy's not in? And especially for receivers, I think, um, you know we always focus on running backs and because those are the most injury prone. but I think receivers um, more than ever now, You know, these late round receivers or waiver wire receivers, you can really grab um, guys that are going to hit for a week or two. Like they might not last you for the whole season, but they really can supplement um, and and provide, you know, um, a nice boost um, while you're trying to get through this long season, especially with the extra week now.
1: Well, this guy wasn't a late-round receiver, but um, he was a receiver that was drafted pretty high last year, and and he was one of your most owned players in 2021, Deontay Johnson. Obviously, there's um, a quarterback question in Pittsburgh right now, and his ADP has fallen to wide receiver 17, uh, going currently in the 2022 FFPC Never Too Early Best Ball Tournament at the 408. Is that somebody you want to be in business with uh, at that price point, Don?
2: Yeah, it it depends, right? I I guess, you know, anyone's going to be an improvement for downfield, right, from Big Ben, (laughs) Um, but it's not Deontay's game as at least how that Pittsburgh Steelers had him. Like, he was an extension of the the running game, and I think Harris took a lot from that, um, even though Deontay had, you know, some decent, consistent games in there uh, due to target share. So, you know, it, it depends if they stick with you know, Rudolph, or they're bringing in a rookie right out of the gate and and throwing him in. Um, D, there's some receivers like DJ Moore, I still like a little better, right? You know, in that same range. Um, you know, even you know, even someone like Hunter Renfro, which is a little later, but you know his role and you know uh, rapport with Carr. Is still really good, right? So, like Deontay's upside is better, I think, than Renfro's. But like, it depends on what you're looking for in that in in that scenario. Um, if they get a quarterback that can sling it, he he's he could be a right back, and you know he could be a top ten receiver. Obviously, he has that kind of talent, right? Um, almost an Antonio Brown light, but drops are still a thing. Again, um, you know, a dot was still a thing, right? So it's just one of those. You know, I got to see how the board shake out. I don't think he's gonna move right from now. Until they get a quarterback, right? So I would almost, if I'm drafting now, I'm almost waiting on him. And if I'm doing later drafts for the two early basketball, like in March, once a quarter, like you see if they sign anyone or if they're going to you know, tackle someone in the draft, then he, I think he's going to be in the same range. So I don't think you're missing out if you don't take him cool. now. Um, but I would need more information before I go all in again on him because I think um, the quarterback question mark is, is a little too big at this
1: time. <laughs> Well, I am I will cautiously say I do think we know who the other Pennsylvania professional football team quarterback will be. And that is Jalen Hurts. So what about Devontae Smith? Wide receiver 23 at the 507. Does that seem too rich for him uh, in believing and, and knowing, quite frankly, his quarterback, head coach and offensive coordinator should be the same as they were last year?
2: He's another one I was big on him right when he was in the six seven range and now you know he flashed he had some good um, good games with some some you know really good catches and really good um, you know target volume um I'm out on him too like I like his talent I, I just if it's the same scenario again is hurts gonna take another leap? And is Devontae, which I think he will, right? Devontae, I think, will be better. But is that offense going to be, you know, more high-efficient passing? I don't know. Um, give me Elijah Moore, right? Give me him, uh, you know, in that, you know, he's like around later, or like in that range, like that 5-6 range. If that's where he's going to end up and it's between the two, give me him, right? You know, because I like Zach Wilson's upside more right now than Jalen Hurts from a throwing aspect. That's for sure. <laughs>
1: Um, okay, we've, uh, we've been talking about receivers. I want to shift it to tight ends, uh, and this is a guy that's that I think is going to be pretty interesting, especially in the tight end premium FFPC drafts this year, and that's Dawson Knox, obviously with the big breakout this past season. The Bills naming Ken Dorsey, their new offensive coordinator this past week, and we do know that Josh Allen is a big fan of, of Ken Dorsey and what he's been able to do uh, to open his mind up to the game of football and, and quite frankly, his career. Um, that said... Dawson Knox, I, I don't know as a result of this or not, but he is the ninth tight end off the board going at 8.08. Dominic, in your opinion, is is 8.08 Dominic Knox, or, <laughs> Dawson Knox, uh, too early, too late? or as Goldilocks would say just right. No,
2: I say it's late. I I mean this this you just see what he did when when he got Josh Allen's when he was when Josh Allen was fully in on him. I mean this guy was right up there, you know, if I'm looking at the, you know, the, the boards now, I mean, why won't he be the same um production as you know a, a Schultz or Hawkinson, right? That are 3 rounds earlier at this time. Uh Josh Allen is probably 1A, 1B, best QB in the game for fantasy right now, Um, you know, next to Mahomes and, you know, maybe spurts of Burrow. Right. But I, I, you know, anything from that Bill's offense, I would I would go in on even with the switching coordinators. I I think Josh Allen is earning the trust of, uh, the, you know, the the coaching staff to really kind of call the plays as well at the line and and really, you know, kind of take it under his wing. And, And Dawson Knox is the safety foul. So, like, why can't he have an Andrews type year? Again, right, and I and I think I want a piece of that offense, um, especially later. Um, and I think he's a good. Let's wait if you can get him in the seven eight round, if that's where he settles, or maybe even later. You know, you, you take him and run. I, I just think he's a safe floor with with upside games uh, that you want in that position. <laughs>
1: Um, Okay, we're going to get back to the Bills in a little bit because I do want to ask you a question about the receivers there. Before we get to that, let's shift over to running backs here. Um, DeAndre Swift last year was a guy that I think a lot of people, uh, a large plurality of people were pretty excited about drafting um, in the pre-draft process or in, in drafting season last year. Um, then you get Jamal Williams uh, being added on as a free agent to Detroit. And that sort of screwed things up for both of them, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, the Lions also dealt with a new head coach, a new offensive coordinator, and a new quarterback this past year. So now DeAndre Swift is going much higher. He is the 202 pick right now. DeAndre Swift running back 10. Are you on board with that? Uh, uh, Swift going off the board right here at it uh, I beg your pardon. At, at he's going at uh, at the two oh seven right now. Um, so mid second round rather than uh, early second round. What do what do you say about Swift's uh, ADP right now, Dom? Yeah,
2: so I think it's right. I I agree Ooh. with the ADP there. I think in some cases, if you start Cooper Cup right early, um, Jamar Chase, you know, I see is high. You know, obviously high up there. Um, or you want to do a two running back build. I, I don't have a problem with him as a second running back. We saw what he did when he got the one lion share of the workload. Obviously, um, you know, injuries with someone like him could be an issue, I think, with all running backs, but he does have the talent to be a top five back, right? I, I think there's no question about it. Granted, he's on the Lions, um, but that's okay. I I think the Lions at least showed last year, even though they weren't you know overall record wasn't good that they can fight in games and they can kind of stay in it and they're got high draft picks again and they're going to sure up you know hopefully more of that line and maybe their defense gets a little better so there's more running you know rushing positive rushing scripts for for the lions um i would take a chance there it's just on which ray you construct because you know aj brown gonna be sitting there as well (laughs) um debo is gonna be sitting there you know it's 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 tough both ways, but I can at least get behind that ADP. I don't think again he's going to move one way or the other too drastically. I think that's a fair price, and um, I will have some shares depending on how I construct, um, you know, of Swift for sure. <laughs>
1: Swift going right after Joe Mixon and Javante Williams right before Cam Akers and Nick Chubb right now. We want to give a shout out to Darren Armani from fantasymojo.com at fantasymojo on Twitter for supplying all this great ADP as he has been doing for years with the FFPC. Let's move over to New England and talk about their running back situation. Damian Harris is being drafted as as a running back three at RB29 currently. So he's the 29th Uh, running back off the board in the never-too-early best ball tournament with the FFPC, 704. Is that a bargain or a bust for you, knowing the history of Patriots running backs, but also knowing the season that Harris had last year? Yeah, he was a great – he was one of my
2: top players uh, when I took, you know, as an RB2. We're pretty much in the same range, really. I think he was a little earlier. But, um, you know, he helped me out. Um, I don't mind him. You know, again, what is Stevenson – I'm going to eat into his load in a full season if both are healthy. Uh, and what are the Patriots going to look like? Is Mac Jones really that guy that's going to, you know, again, they got him to the playoffs this year? Great season. Is it, you know, he's going to improve? Um, you would think he would. So, Harris, you know, there is an okay value. I just, I'm, I think I'm taking shots at other players. Like, I almost rather have AJ Dillon in that same range, right? I, I think even with the turnover in Green Bay, if Rodgers leaves, LaFleur will get back more to that pounding ground. And we saw what Dylan can do if he gets touches. Um, not as great of a receiver as Jones, obviously, but um, they like him. You know, and, and Pollard's another one. If if Zeke is on his way out or at the, the tail end, um, you know, he's another one in that seventh-round range where it's like, you know – I. It just depends on needs, but I rather have the upside with those guys in the big tournaments because those are the ones that are going to be the, you know, hopefully the game breakers. Um, even though Harris had the big game in the playoffs, it's just right. I don't, you know, I it's it, it's it's a good price, it's a fair price. I get it. I just, you know, I might be looking elsewhere just due to Stevenson. I feel like is going to get more because he was really good. He was really good in his touches, and I just feel like he's going to get. It's going to be more of a 50 split. Um, at least with those two on the early downs, which again, if Harris isn't receiving, then you know you need positive game scripts with the Patriots. They had an easy schedule; they were a lot of had a lot of the games um, in the road season. If they're behind, he's not touching the ball, right? So that's you know I rather have the other guys, um, you know, at least uh, for usage purposes and just upside potential if
1: there's an injury. <laughs> and and I, and I wonder too, like James White is a free agent, but the Patriots could bring him back too. Which would obviously hurt Harris a little bit, and Stevenson, quite frankly, too. Yeah, they could
2: bring another guy in too, right? I don't know. You know, it's 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 again, these are just the fun part about these early best balls, right? You have to kind of lay your, you know, plant your flag, and you know, these are good ones to do multiple of, I think, right? Not just one because things are changing so rapidly, especially after the Super Bowl, we're going to hear news and stuff like that, you know, ongoing till free agency. Um, you just want to get home run hits. In these tournaments, right? Because they're best balls. So like Harris in a redraft, I can get more behind because you got to start them every week and matchups can dictate that. In these, I want the home runs, right? Because you're going against similar teams, um, similar exposures, and it's best ball. So, you know, I'd rather have more home run tickets than anything else because, again, that's what's going to separate you when the when the, the,
1: t- the money time comes. <laughs> Speaking of um, of um, differences in twenty twenty one ADP to twenty twenty two, Darren Waller. Yeah. This is a guy that was you know going. Well, I say borderline first round pick. Yeah. I saw him go in the first round. I took times him last multiple year. times. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, exactly. And now he is he's going off at the three hundred four. He's fallen from you know tight end two or three to tight end five in the in the never too early best ball tournaments. Um, I know things have have changed a little bit, and obviously the the emergence of Renfro has an impact on that. But my goodness, for a guy to fall, you know, essentially two full rounds, um, maybe even more, maybe two and a half rounds, um, in a tight end premium format like this, Dominic, are are people getting Darren Waller wrong this year so far? So he's
2: with, uh, you know, because I'm good friends, uh, longtime friends with Jerry Koforski and Frank Slad, who I do. We we always uh, do our drafts together, you know, and and actually kind of like review players and and talk shop. And he was the most polarizing last year for us because, uh, you know, we were all in on him uh, in, in the first round. And obviously we all know what happened. You know, he crushed two of my main events. Um, I'm still taking yeah. a shot this year because at the end of the day, you're telling me that other than injury, the only reason that he didn't perform as well is what, right? Like, I don't understand, like if he's going to be, cause he's older, he's on the wrong, you know, if he's going to be banged up, you know, he's got obviously the mental health stuff or the, you know, the, the, uh, the off the field stuff that you got to concern about. But if you're telling me at least. If they're going to come back and they pretty much car running the show again, he still loves Waller, right? Um, and you want to take a shot on a tight end that really was a first-round pick? I- I'm all for it. I'm under the mindset, though, in a different sense, where I don't know if I'm taking a tight end early this year. Even Kelsey, just because I like the late-round tight ends like Knox – Better, I'd rather get a receiver or running back, or most mostly a receiver at that spot. But I do like him. I, I do like him. I do think he's going to have a bounce back year. Um, whether I'm right or wrong, you know, I kind of kind of going down with the ship at this point. Right? So, <laughs> he, he owes me for my first the first round pet price I paid with him, and you know, I made the playoffs despite him. But it's one of those things where I, I just. His target share, even in the like, even in the last two games in the playoffs, his target share was still up there, right? He was still getting the target. So unless they bring, you know, unless for some reason everything changes over, or Adams goes there, you know, from the Packers, uh, I I'm still in big on him as a high producer, um, and I think he's undervalued. But again, paying the third round price, you know, it kind of comes with the territory so
1: I, I, I said we were going to get back to the bills. Let's get back to them now. Um, I want to talk about the the receivers here. Um, and I know you said you'd be on board with with any piece of that Bill's offense with with Josh Allen. But the, the question here is, Gabriel Davis went nuclear in the divisional playoff yep. um, with the, with the 200 yard game with the four touchdowns. That was insane. Um, how concerning is that for you? if you're considering Stefan Diggs as the seventh receiver off the board at the 208, could, is there a, is there a, a decent chance that Diggs actually might bust at that price given what Gabriel Davis did at the end of the season? Yeah. I don't know.
2: Yeah. I think that Davis was a matchup thing, right? They were doubling Diggs that whole game. Um, you know, Allen obviously being as good as a quarterback as he is, took advantage of that with Davis. Um, completely made sense from a grain script standpoint. And I like Davis. I, I think he is a, um, a really good talent. Um, you know, I just think that I, I would say this. I don't think Diggs is a bust at that level. I just don't know if he's going to get back to first round value with the emergence of other, uh, other um, you know, Knox, Singletary, Davis. Like, is he going to get the high volume that he saw a year ago uh, to get him to first round wide receiver one status Probably not, right? So, like, I don't think he's a bust. I think he's a safe play. I think he's a foreplay, play. But you just gotta live with twelve point games there. And again, in these big tournaments, who you rather have, AJ Brown or Diggs? I'm probably going AJ Brown, right? Just given what we saw uh, out of AJ right. Brown once he was healthy. Gimme him. Um, I don't think anyone's wrong for taking Diggs, um, given that it's later second and it's kind of a safe play. But you're going to run into that Hopkins scenario again with, again, the receivers are old, you're older, more weapons, you know, you're going to have some games that you're kind of, you know, knocking your head. But again, um, I I think his floor is there, and I don't think he should be down much further. I just, you know, it depends on what you're playing for. And again, upside is key. And, uh, but you still got to make the, you still got to make the playoffs and make the, and make the championship round, right? So you don't want to ignore these kind of floor players either. Um, So I like him. I don't think he has the round one material again like some of the others. Um, give me A.J. Brown over him in that position, though.
1: <laughs> okay. Um, this, So we're, we're trying to answer unanswerable questions on on this podcast, and, and that's what you're trying to do if, if you're drafting um, right now here in January before before the Super Bowl. Um, we, we don't know who the Vikings head coach is yet. Yep. Now, it could be Jim Harbaugh, and it sounds like signs are pointing that way, but we'll see what happens there. Um, And quite frankly, you can make, and there's a lot of people out there making the case that we don't know who the Vikings quarterback is going to be next year. There's a lot of people that don't think Kirk Cousins is going to be back. Not only that, but Irv Smith um, went down with a um, meniscus injury uh, in September, missed the whole season. And then Tyler Conklin actually played pretty well sure. in his stead last season. So there's a lot of, of unknowns with Irv Smith in regards to fantasy. Um, those questions are being answered as the tight end 18 at the 1106 in the never too early best ball tournament. I, I I don't know if I can get a straight answer from, from you on this, Dominic, because there are so many moving pieces. But how do you feel about Irv Smith drafting him right now?
2: Love the talent. Yeah. Um... I hate this situation. I, I just, even with, even if they get Harbaugh, who is, I would say, positive, right? Or if they go with the, uh, with, with the, with the rookie, uh, mod, um, you know, instead of Cousins, which I, I can't even see, like, right? They're paying Cousins all this money and he was he was good last year. Um, Conklin's a real thing. He's, you know, again, he's going to be in there. Irv Smith has the talent. Um, Look, I, he doesn't cost much, but in a best ball, there's no waivers, right? So you have to be a little careful. Like, every position kind of matters a little bit. Um, I'm okay with the flyer there. I think if you get him in the right situation and his knee – and let's just say he's full health, I think, he's a, I think he could be a steal of the draft for a tight end if all things fall into place. In February, am I taking a shot there? If I'm drafting 50 teams maybe. If I'm drafting two, probably not, right? Because every position does matter in these best balls, and you—I you, 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 don't want to say—you got to hit the nuts, but you got to get pretty close um, and, and make sure your your backups are covering your starters on buys. So um, more to come
1: on him. Again, I know it's not the answer you want to hear. Um, yeah, but that's my point. Like it's—it's it's a tough question to answer because it's not just an injury or a quarterback or a guy. You know, you know, position competition, head coach. It's all of them. Right. I mean, it's all the questions about Irv Smith right now.
2: Yeah. And I guess I guess from fantasy players, especially ones that do multiple drafts and been doing this. And, you know, there's so many good players now on FFPC, especially, Um, you know, it's really it's you have to. There's small edges like they're getting smaller and smaller with the amount of information you have to compare to the players that are going around there. Like, why would I take Irv Smith if I can get Cole Komet? Right. Like it's look at the situation. Like I know I'm getting fields again. I know I have a new coaching staff that, got, that has to be better than that last one. Right. <laughs> the Bears. And as a Chicago fan, you know, that's that's kind of the extra motivation on there. But I know that he is going to be an integral part of the offense, especially if Robinson is leaving and it's Mooney and him. Right. So I'd rather have Comet with no Jimmy Graham fields another year new coaching staff that's a defensive coordinator that, again, is going to put Fields in better positions. Um, the tight end, look, I, I just think that he's a better overall situation, and he's going right next to Irv Smith. Give me him 10 out of 10 times until the Irv Smith stuff clears itself up, right? I I, I just – I'd rather take my shot there if I'm going tight end and someone like that than, um, than Irv Smith where there's just too many question marks at this point. <laughs>
1: Let's actually talk Bears real quick here because they obviously the the new head coach Eberflus is it was the the former defensive coordinator for Indy, um, the offensive coordinator um, for for Chicago next season will be the ex Packers quarterbacks coach Luke Getze. What sort of your read knowing Getzey is going to take over? Um, how bullish are you on guys like Mooney and Fields and Montgomery and, and Komet well, knowing that? Um, no, knowing what gets he did in Green Bay, now what is he going to do in
2: Chicago? Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, if you're taking, if they're going to copy and paste, right? I mean, again, it, everyone's a little different. I think we, we fall into that trap where it's like, oh, he was on the Packers staff, so he's going to run the same offense. Well, maybe he will, right? You know? like it's, it's, it's player personnel, right? I, 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 but Fields another year in a start over situation that hopefully because he's coming from high class quarterbacking in Green Bay. He can bring the things that helped Aaron Rodgers. And, again, Aaron Rodgers is a completely different talent in fields. But mechanically, right, and footwork and decision-making, bring it to fields and hopefully improve on them, right? Because if fields can improve to what we saw at Ohio State, at least at the tail end of that uh, last year that he was there when he went toe-to-toe, you know, with uh, with Clemson and came out on top with broken ribs, like – That's where you want Bears position players because they're all discounted, right? They're all discounted right now. Um, You know, I mean, you can get Mooney, and again, I'm checking my notes here, but, I mean, Mooney is still at this point, what, in in the seventh round, eighth round? That is value to me. The Met round 10-11, that's value because if that offense even does 20% better, you're already paying off your ADP, right? And they should have an easier schedule. They play in the north. Who knows what's happening with the Packers like that? The NFC is weaker. I like um, I like where the Bears are heading now. It's the Bears and <laughs> we, we've all been bur- I've been burned by them every single time. So I, can't, you know, <laughs> I'm biased with that. But give me those players. If we were high on them last year in a situation when nagging, we knew the coach was terrible. Why wouldn't we be high on them this year when the coaching staff is newer and should be approved? Right. So I give me them. I think they're fair values, and I think they could be real um, upside potential. Um, you know, especially if they're clicking in the summer, you can see the, the you know Moody move up to the fifth round easy.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, final question for this is so entertaining, so enlightening, uh, Dominic. But, the, but all good things must come to an end. So, final question for you here. FFPC players drafting in the never too early best ball tournament, or just any of the closed twelve team leagues right now. Who is a player? And I know we've touched on a couple of players for both these questions, but a player that that you you would be fading in in the early rounds of these competitions, and then a player that you you would actually encourage people to target in the mid to late rounds. Um, you know, you talked about getting those home run hits. Who's some of those home run, or who's a home run hit in the mid to late rounds, or who could be one? I should say.
2: Yeah. So I would say. Fade, yeah, you know, I don't want anything to do with J.K. Dobbins in round three. Um, I don't want anything to do with. I mean, uh, Keenan Allen. Even
1: I well, mean, he's okay. What? Talk, talk about talk about Dobbins real quick. Why? Why are you out on I, him in the third? I j-
2: look. I just think at the end of the day, look. You're, you're coming off a major injury, right? Now, we saw Cam Akers do it. He was back quicker. So, their guys are coming back quicker. But here's here's where I just – the Baltimore running back has this mystique. Like, they're they're, they're just such a, such a home run hit, and they're just going to be a top five running back because they run the offense. They're not that, right? Like, Lamar takes a ton of rushing away from the running back, right? So – and he doesn't th- – like, he throws to the backs, but he doesn't, right? He does like to push it downfield and – push it to Andrews and push it to Marcus Brown. And if they get another receiver, they do like to open it up. And you're playing in a division that low-key scores a lot of points now, right? <laughs> so, you know, these games were not like these bruiser games. They were more high-scoring other than Pittsburgh. I mean, since he scores, Cleveland does score, right? So, and they're playing in the AFC. I You're paying a third-round price for a guy – I get taking the running backs there. Historically, I just don't like it. I mean, give me any of these receivers other than Allen, Higgins, Lamb, Metcalf, Debo. Like, I I just rather avoid it because, again, you need in the running back position. It's so tough because you got to get lucky in a lot of senses. But give me an earlier running back to anchor it, and then I'll take flyers later. Because if they – you know, if he gets injured – he can get injured like anyone else, but he's coming off an injury. And, again, I just don't know if he's going to have these 20-point consistent games that are going to vault him to be a first-round, second-round running back next year. And that's what you're looking for, right? I mean, you're looking for that guy that's going to be higher in ADP next year because you know he performed this year. So –
1: you don't want dobbins early you explained why explain why there is a player out there or who is a player out there that you do want either in the mid rounds or late
2: yeah so looking at kind of where things are settled at least right now um there's and and I'll stick with I'll stick with baltimore at least for the time being if they do not draft or bring in Antonio Brown, a receiver. I like Rashard Bateman. I do like him in the round nine. Again, I think they're going to be more passing um, than, you know, they, they're going up in pass rates, right? So, like, I, I just – I believe AFC is going to be tougher. They're going to be throwing more. Their defense is, you know, not as good. Um, and Bateman had some flashes last year, um, especially when he was given the opportunity. And I do like him a lot. Um But then, you know, in just round, again, I'll go back to it. Elijah Moore, give me him every time. Give me him every time. I know it's not super late round six. Like the super late guys, I got to still do a lot of research on. But Elijah Moore has all the talent in the world to be a top two-round wide receiver if Wilson is that guy. And I think he can be. And I actually, you know, the Jets, we all know that. They showed something this year with Wilson that I think they can carry over this year. And Elijah Moore is that good. And I, I, I just love um, getting a guy like that, that that Wilson loves. And, you know, round six, once you hit round six and on, it's all a crap. I don't say all a crap shoot, but you know how it is. Right, Eric? It's it's right. ADP yep. doesn't matter. And ADP matters in a context. And this is where I can tell players, like, one thing that you can take away, like, ADP is just the market. Right? It's all it is. Um the ADP is, is not 100% right. It never is, right? So the fact that, you know, Cooper Cup was round four or five last year just shows you that these guys are out there and you're not always going to get it right. But if you trust your process or trust the advice that you're getting from, um, you know, certain statistics or certain, you know, pros, um, you can truly find gems and you got to just go with it. And Elijah Moore's one of them for me. I just think everything about him screams he's – Top twenty four next year if Wilson's that dude, which I think he is.
1: Um, one of the uh, people in the industry and, and with high stakes players that you can always trust is Dominic Rody. You follow him on Twitter at ffpcdr313. Dominic, thank you so much for uh, carving out a little time uh, to to talk about some of these early round or I, I beg your pardon, early season drafts uh, because I think it's 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 very compelling stuff. And and you know when we do another one of these podcasts. Um, or when the next high stakes load on comes out like a month from now, everything's going to be changed. Yes, it's going to be over free agency coaches. Every, it's it's going to be crazy, but it's always fun talking about it and working things out. Thank you so much, man. Be good. And we'll talk. Again Thanks very Eric. Soon. Appreciate the time. Talk soon. rotoviz.com slash podcast.